Hello everyone, welcome to the Western Front. It is the third day of June and this is episode four, series one of the Western Front. And for those who may be too young or you may be tuning in on the East Coast, wherever you're listening to this podcast, the Western Front was originally a half-hour footy show which was broadcast on Saturdays on 10 here in Perth when we were the AFL rights holders. And as Lockie Reid joins me now, we had a lot of fun over the journey, Lockie. But it was based around one piece of ambush marketing only. Well, yeah, absolutely, Tim. It had nothing to do with our ability or any interest in what we said on the show. It was all about one symbol. One symbol that came about from one interview with the whiz, Jeff Farmer. Now, can you do us a favour on the Western Front? When you kick a goal, can you just give a symbol that we know that you've kicked that goal for the Western Front? A symbol. A symbol. <laughs> just a W or something. Oh, a W like or something, mate. I don't know. I don't know. I'll... Uh... I'll see what I can do. I've got to get a kick first, so then we'll worry about the goals. That's what we want, Wiz. A big W for the Western Front. That's exactly right. So there's Jeff Farmer. You've laid down the challenge. If he kicks a bag or kicks a goal, think of us. Think of the show, the Western Front, Tim and Lockie. When did he roll it out, Lock? Oh, Tim. I'm still waiting. Is he playing footy still in the country? Uh, Maybe he'll probably. be whipping one out there. No? No. Well, the whiz let us down, but uh, the punters around Perth at Subiaco Oval at each home game didn't let us down. They absolutely got carried away, and they got a magnificent prize pack when they did a W at the footy. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say magnificent. We just <laughs> did what we could in the mm. prize cupboard and just uh, threw in stuff. with. There was a Frisbee in it. Yeah. I think there was a Frisbee. Yeah. A little footy. A pen? A ruler? We did a calendar once. Did a calendar, yeah. We regret that. And, and I think we sent, used to send them some movie tickets. They were expired, yeah. but we'd send them movie <laughs> tickets as well. So there it is there, the Western Front W. Where did it all start? Speaking of Western Front, you were down watching your son Ben play for yep. the mighty fighting Lions against Peel Thunder in the reserves. You must have left early to get down to Mandra by then. Uh, and you ran into... The great Gus Litherland, who I ran into Gus the day before at the beach. I know. Gussie Litherland said, G'day, Locke. I saw your mate yesterday. And I said, oh, who's that? And he said, oh, Tim. And I said, no, he's not my mate. Um, but anyway, you were at the beach. Yeah. You were at the beach. And I said, yeah, Timmy goes to the beach all the time and does this great walk. He might even get a bit of a jog in as well. Yep. And Gus's response? No, he doesn't walk. He just stands and looks hang at on, the hang, beach. Hang on. So you have been telling fibs. For the last four years, oh, I go down to the beach. I'm there at Cottesloe. I run into Joe Blow. I do a bit of a walk along the beach. I might even jump into a bit of a jog, Timmy. But all you do is sit on the beach and watch your missus go for a swim. (laughs) The lovely Bronnie goes in, but that is at the back end of our sustained walk. There are proven walkers. Mitch Clark's a walker. The great Mitch Clark, Melbourne General Mitch Clark. Ryan Turnbull, Eagles Premiership player. He's a walker. Gus Litherland walks (laughs) his St. Bernard dog, which is a disgrace, and he sees me standing at the end of my walk after I've done my walk because, you know what, I do it at the start of darkness. He does it when the sun's up, it's a little warmer. Soft Subiaco defender is how I like (laughs) to describe (laughs) him. I'll tell you who's not soft. Mm. The mighty Frio Dockers. What about this? Love that song. Love that song. <laughs> no, you don't. Don't love the song, no. but gee, when they win, 
It's got a real... It resonates with me, Lockie. That was a gutsy win, wasn't it? We're Huge. talking about MCG, the home of footy, Collingwood, who is probably, along with Geelong, the best team in the competition, and Fremantle have not only gone over there and been competitive, they have beaten the Pies. Uh, that's one of their great performances in a long, long time. Back-to-back great days, too, for Michael Walters. He nailed it after the siren. So here's the kick, and then he landed in Perth, and we were there to catch up with him. Michael Walters for the second week in a row with a kick right at the death to try and put his team in front, and he steps up again! I mean, everyone wants that moment. I mean, it's, you know, you dream of it as a kid, and, um, and you always practice it in the backyard with your cousins or your brother or whatever, so um, to take that moment... Um, and kick it was unbelievable. So Frio beat Collingwood at the MCG by 41. Mm-hmm. And West Coast absolutely demolish the Bulldogs by 61 points at Optus. Do you know what? I've, I've got a, a um, stat, Tim. <laughs> you and your stats. <laughs> Seriously. West Coast over their last six quarters, right, yeah. have scored 31 goals, 10, 196. That's a lot. That is a lot of goals. And 133 points they scored on the weekend was their biggest score since last year's derby. They're back. They are back. They are back. Don't you worry. I've got something big later on to say about Fremantle and West Coast. It's going to blow your socks off. Have you got socks on? I've got one sock. But, but yeah, gonna... you are strange. Why don't you wear two socks? No, I do wear two socks. I don't wear the same two socks. What have you got today? Well, I've got both matching socks, but the left sock, which is... These are my cherry socks, right? As you can see, they're cherries. You on. name your No, socks. no, they're chilies, not cherries. <laughs> <laughs> chilies, chilies yeah. right? Yeah. But I've got Hot a hole. Stuff, Tim. Hey, but I've got a hole mm. in the left, and it's right where your big toe is. And, and I know there would be people listening to the Western Front podcast right now yeah. who feel my pain mm. because you've got to pull the hole of the sock a little bit Either side, because your big toe just keeps sliding through. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than when it slides underneath you. Mm. Do you understand what I'm doing? Do you know the solution to this? Take the socks off. Well, you get paid $300,000 a year. Hey, hey, don't undersell me. (laughs) Don't undersell the big fella. You could just go and buy a new pair of socks. When you get a hole in a pair of socks, just go and buy a new pair. Is there any prospective sponsors out there listening to this podcast? Do Bonds make socks or are they just undies? I don't know, actually. No, they do white socks. I don't wear white socks. But if there's any prospective sponsors yeah, out there, now look, you. now we've got to be careful because we're not allowed to cross the podcast advertising oh, yeah. boundary. No, cool. uh, we won't. But if you are and you want to sponsor yeah. the, the old fella, love a freebie. another sock. Mm. Uh, now, Jack Darling kick six. Brilliant performance. I wonder if he'll get the Bankwest votes a little later in the show. Adam Simpson, full of praise for his number 27. To kick six tonight's great. It's only done it once before in his career. Um, but that doesn't mean his other games haven't been um, still, you know... Uh, a game where he's contributed, but tonight he did get it. He got rewarded. Solid, wasn't he? Solid. Uh, we jump on his back a fair bit, don't we? I mean, I don't think you and I do, but the expectation is that Jack Darling has to be Wayne Carey, and no one will be Wayne Carey. So let's move on from that. He is a beast, and when he gets an opportunity, whether it's he or JK, doesn't matter. Each and every week, they sort of almost rotate, don't you? And uh, he he was terrific yesterday. It was absolutely an awesome performance. It certainly was. He has been the whipping boy over the journey. Uh, give me the three most common whipping boys in the West Coast Eagles journey, do you reckon? Uh, Fraser Girick. Correct. Copped it a fair bit. Uh, Peter Sumich. Ding! 
and, and Jack Darling. 100%. They mm. are the three whipping boys. And what positions do they play? <laughs> All up forwards. Exactly yeah. right. So very difficult. Didn't Fraser go on and carve a new name for himself at the Saints? Yeah, he was a, be- he yeah. was a beast. He was a genuine beast. Of course, there was two controversial incidents back-to-back, and they were touched off the boot. And this is a question that has to be asked. The, mat- the goal review system, the AFL said, due to a technology failure... It didn't quite get upstairs, and that was the Chris Main touch on the Michael Walters goal earlier in the game. And then we had one at Optus, Bontempelli on Oscar Allen's touched, and again, it didn't go to the review back to the kicker. Question I ask you, Lockie Reid. Yep. What is the goal review system? What who who calls it? Because I have a different version of all of this. The goal umpires calls for the score review. Basically, it was the goal line technology, goal line review. Now, if the ball is touched 50 metres, 40 metres, 30 metres up the ground, the goal umpire can't see it. No. That is the field umpire's decision. Now, that's not what the rule was brought in for, the the goal review. But if you're going to show it sometimes and not others, the rule should be put in place today. And we're talking Monday here, June 3. Yep. They should say... If the field umpire misses the touched off the boot down the ground, that is not what the review is for. Uh, so what is it officially called? The goal, goal review. Correct. Okay. So does the goal review mean going over the line? Is it a goal line review or it's a goal as a whole? It's caused. It's called by the goal umpire. Yeah. So the goal umpire... He can't see 50 metres down the he field. Might, he might, correct, he might think it's touched down the ground, but that's not his job. So the field ump- so you're saying the field umpire should then go, okay, we want a score review. The goal umpire says it's a goal, but I also think it might have been touched off the boot. 100%. 100%. And that's when everything just stops and we take our collective breath. And if it's a grand final, everyone panics because the host broadcaster needs to come back and they've got to run the 30 seconds and they bounce the ball because they've got to basically do the review. By the time the ball comes back to the middle, our umpire bounces the ball. Yep. They can't hold on to it forever. The rule for me is goal umpire calls it I think it's a goal and what are they looking for now it is the goal line so because because the main one was interesting because if you have a look at the replay steel side bottom does not gesticulate I touched it on the line he immediately turns around and runs back towards Chris Main and goes it was touched down there so they knew they knew so he should have walked up to the umpire and said no 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 that's not what we're asking not that the, the players... But it's not the player's right to say that. Correct. So if the umpire didn't see that touch, then he's not going to call for it. And you can't be... We're, we're saying that the players shouldn't run to an umpire and complain and all that sort of stuff. So he's not going to go, oh, yeah, sorry, Steele. Yeah, I'll ask for that review as well. But he's got to be... Who runs the game? Well, the, of course, the umpires and the match review. But the point I'm, the point we're trying to make, or the point I'm trying to make, and you keep walking all over the top of me. Sorry, mate. <laughs> no, but I know what you're saying. But I, I genuinely think they've got to come out today or soon as possible and say, the goal line review called by the goal umpire is for on-the-line touch. Yeah. Not what takes place down the road. If that is umpire error, regardless of whether we're reviewing it, so be it. And we just go, or so, they throw it all out and say, it is purely now the umpire's call on any given day. So you are saying right now that the umpire can't ask for a touched off the boot? Well, I don't know. I don't know but what that you, rule is. But are you thinking that that should be the case? I think if they don't see it then and there, yeah. 
Because then the players go, oh, I touched it. And if the umpire, because we see that all the time, the you player can... dives on the boot, puts his hand up and goes there. How often are we going to go through that every yeah, single yeah. time? Now, that's not just a goal. That could be a mark in the middle of the ground, mm. of which the game gets changed on. Yeah. Or a mark if you with back. You. So it just need we, need, we need to seek some genuine... So you want to know, officially from the AFL... That if it is touched on the goal line, we can go to review. Correct. But anything that happens around the field, Correct. up the field, middle of the grounds, Correct. can't change the umpire. The umpire can't go to a review. It's just an error. It's, just a, yeah. it's an umpiring error. It's an umpiring error. First time ever, but I agree with you. Now, of course. So Fremantle win due to the exploits of Sonny Walters back-to-back mm. weeks. Guess who was up and about after that? Roscoe. Roscoe. Because you know what? Yeah. He was asked in the press conference, the very last question, well, Ross made it the very last question, mm. as he does when he beats Collingwood the MC. He's had enough and he's up and about, old Roscoe. So he answers the question basically saying, yeah, did you see it, the touch ball earlier by Chris Main? Do you think you got lucky? Do you think it would have changed the result? This was his response, followed by, and you've got to see it to believe it, the walkout. You get the rubber to the green, you don't get the rubber to the green. I haven't reviewed it. I know when I was a kid, but that said the umpire's call's final. So I think that's in the vault. It's never going to be changed. So that, that's what I know. Thank you. So there he is walking out. So 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 let me set the let me set let me set the picture for you. Umpire is the final call, Tim. Yeah, so he, the final so call. he answers the question. Yeah. He drops he gets up, drops his chair down on the wooden floor in the press conference room walks around the front of the media table and gives the quickest of death stares to the journo who asked the question and sort of shook his head once or twice. Like, that was a dumb question, mate. Mm, mm. I get that a fair bit yeah. on a Wednesday. But that's Thursday. vintage Ross, is it yeah, not? Yeah, that's when his team is up and about. A little bit intimidating. Yeah, yeah. Or trying to be intimidating. Yeah, so, but you know when they're up and about when Ross is like that. Yeah. That is vintage How Ross. How about him line. during the game? He was laughing in the third quarter after a goal. He was smiling at the end. He's cuddling blokes the week before. He has changed. Good his on you, Ross. Go. That. All righty. Who leads the Eagles and Dockers Club champion at this point? This is the Western Front podcast. We'll take a break shortly. If you had to vote right now on the John Worsfold and the Doig medal, who would be leading? Ooh, One answer only. Thank you. West Coast. West Coast. I'm going with the old fellow, the skipper, Shannon Hearn. I know the midfield stepped up in the last few weeks. Shuey's been brilliant. Yo's been superb. Sheed and Gaff have been terrific. Gaff's coming too, by the way. Uh, but no, Shannon Hearn. Agree. Did he uh, go to Hemi? Yeah, I know. Go to Hemi. The old fella. Might Needs miss, a rest. Might miss the Sydney gun. Yeah, Coming that's right. So he's uh, leading the John Walsfold. Yeah, I think Shannon so. Bunger, yep. The yep. big bungster. The mm. big South Australian farmer. He is just dominating. He has just become a star of the competition when he was just always a very good player, but now he's a star. He's crept up on us, hasn't he? Mm. I'm, I'm going to talk more about him a little later. And I've got a question later on too. Because I wonder if he gets any votes in our Bankwest Player of the Year. Stay tuned for that. Fremantle, Doig medal. Who's leading? <laughs> uh, look, I think Fife. I think Fife's had a pretty rock-solid year. He's carried the team in important games. Walters has come in too with his exploits. Brad Hill's been superb in the last few weeks, but uh, Fife is their gun player. Both captains. Mm. Who do you reckon? Yep. Fifey? Fife. Yep. 
So we agree on that. He's having a great year, isn't he? He's having a very, very good year. Injury free. As long as he doesn't hit someone, that's good. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Going to take a break. Western Front Podcast. Thank you. Share the, share the love. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at WFrontW. All of your favourites are back. <laughs> For the show that has everyone paying attention. Yeah. Well, then you watched it, didn't you? Yeah. I went to the toilet this morning. <laughs> Have you been paying attention? On 10. Welcome back to the Western Front. Hope you enjoyed that little break. We did. We're all fired up. We've had our third coffee for the day. We're recording this bright and early Monday morning. WA Day, public holiday in Western mm. Australia. was Foundation Day. There's a couple of waffle games being played today. Traditional derbies. Yes, West Perth, East Perth and South Fremantle or South Fremantle and East Fremantle yes. or Fremantle. Right. now, <laughs> Thank you for that explanation. <laughs> Clear as mud. Uh, we are recording episode four in series one of the Western Front and we appreciate 10 management mm. and 10 speaks and everyone behind pulling the strings to allow us to spend half an hour in a booth standing together. One of the highlights uh, on the podcast is the Tim's 3, 2 and 1. Tim's top three, I like yeah. to call it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you call your own segment. It's not that hard. Well, okay. The top three. Now, these are not the best players no. from the weekend. No. These have some sort of theme to it. Yeah, so they do. here we go. All righty. One vote. Mm-hmm. Cameron Zerha. Yes. The best goalless 11 kick performance I've ever seen. 11 tackles. The boy, we know we did a bit of media training with Cam Zerha. We did some media training, and I did a story just before he got recruited, and we did it down at the Wembley Golf Club, and he went on to the uh, mini golf course, and he landed this putt that was just one of the great putts of all time. So he could play professional golf. Hang on, hang on. So he was on a mini putt putt course yep. and he sunk this beautiful putt and yeah. you now reckon he could turn pro. Yep. You're an idiot. <laughs> Two votes. Stephen Canelio or is it Caniglio? There's this name that's been on my mind for some time. It's Cornelio. Whoa. The commentators watch his game. But some can't even say his name. It's Cornelio. Whoa. 36 disposals, three goals and eight tackles. Did he get something like 190 fantasy points? I, I, don't, I do fantasy, but not football. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh, yeah. And Kale Hooker. 31 disposals and 11 marks for the buddy chaser. Wow. So there's Tim's top three. What do you see? Where's the synergy? I'm seeing you point at me at the moment. Where's the synergy in Tim's top three? Well, they're all WA boys. Where's the synergy in Tim's top three? Cam Serha, Stephen Canelio, and Kale Hooker. There's C's in all of their names. Cam, (laughs) Kale, and Canelio. That's a beauty, Tim. No, no way. You cannot do that. We just wanted to play that because that was when Ben Stokes took that amazing catch. (laughs) He took that amazing catch in the World Cup the other day. Mm. And we just thought, how good is that? We'll just rip that off the commentary and we'll chuck that into the podcast when we think we've dropped an absolute corker. Mm. And there it is right there. We'll just keep playing that at our leisure. 
right field, left field, are we ready to go? I'm ready. I don't know about okay. you. No, I'm, I am absolutely ready. Do I start with a question to you? Well, you're looking at your pad yeah. in a very small room. Because well, I've got a lot of writing on my pad and I haven't been able to get any of it out. I want to... For those Look who... At it. Okay. We don't have a camera in our uh, podcast booth. I love this. So we were at the footy yesterday, you and yeah. I, yeah. and we're talking to all the, our counterparts from other stations and mm. radio stations and TV stations and footy clubs, and they go, loving the podcast, boys. Loving mm. the podcast. Um where do you do it? Do you sit in the studio? Um, you know, do you go into a radio booth? Where, where do you go? Mm. We're in a booth about five by three. It's like a lift. When you jump into a lift <laughs> at a hotel, even that big. it would be probably even smaller than that. It's hot. Mm. Yep. We're having coffee. Mm-hmm. And Lockie has a pad yep. which has orange highlighter and uh, lime There's green highlighter. There's a theme to it all, though. Is it? Yeah. Yep, yep. Anyway... Right field question for you. This is uh, a question that I throw to you that uh, you know and you've done a bit of work well, on, I hope. Well, not that much. All right. We've spoken I'm about Shannon man. Hearn uh, before the break. Yep. Is Shannon Hearn, he plays at halfback, is Shannon Hearn now a better player than Guy McKenna? Oh, you're dead. Play a very similar style of game. Similar position. You're dancing on dangerous territory talking about I know about you love Guy McKenna, and I know the answer's going to be no way. Guy McKenna's the greatest of all time. No, no, no. But is Shannon Hearn now a better player than Guy McKenna? Really good. Really good. Right field question. So I did my stats on this. McKenna, and look, and stats can be misleading because I think they are different players in different times where the game is being played differently. McKenna, 267 games, uh, premierships, two. Yep. Hearn, 259, a captain, resilient, premiership. 50 goals, I think. Hearn, 28 for McKenna, more of a stay back, half back than what Shannon Hearn is to get up the ground. Similar in tackles. McKenna, 79 Brownlow votes. Hearn, just 26. Now, that's just an umpire's perspective. And again, the game is different. Yep. It's a, it is a wonderful question, and I'm not one to sit on the fence. I like to have an opinion, but I'll tell you right now, they are dead set line ball. Dead set line ball. Hearn has amazing influence over the game, but the game is different. It's played sort of in back halves where there's a lot of chipping around, kicking in. McKenna was more your, your resolute stand-on defender, bit of dash every now and then. I will say McKenna's got him just... But I think by the end of Hearn's career, and he's still got a couple of years to go, he might pass him by. And, and Hearn has just crept up on us. I mean, Hearn's, mm. I think, fifth or sixth on the games played list at West Coast. Who would have thought? Yeah, but his last three or four years have just been incredible. All righty. My yep. right field question for you is, Harley yes. Bennell got through his second waffle game for Peel Thunder. Does he play? Of course, the Dockers are having a bye. Yeah, so the Dockers have got a bye this week. So Peel Thunder also have a bye, which means he's got a week off footy. But that's good. I think he needs the week off. Absolutely. So he's had uh, 30 possessions, five marks against West Perth, also kicked two goals. Good start. That was his first game back Very good start. Injury. 25 possessions on the weekend, three tackles against Subiaco. Now... I don't know whether you know this, but um, I took some cash out of the Western Front podcast budget and I employed a scout to go down and watch him play for Peel against Subiaco on the weekend. And he wrote me a report because I knew this question was going to come. All right? This is how the scout summed up his game. He played as a second-phase receiver, did some elite things, wouldn't be ready to play AFL footy. That is what my scout said. Also, 
There is no rush. Now that Fremantle are winning games of football, they don't need to rush him back. They actually can use him as an actual weapon in the latter half of the season going into finals. In 2017, he played round 22 and 23 for Fremantle, but he'd played four waffle games in the lead-up to that. I reckon he needs three or four waffle games in total. So he needs one or two more waffle games to get him back. I would say maybe two, because then he comes back for a home game. Good answer. Comprehensive work by you, Lockie Reed. That is the right field question. That what? means we don't have a show next week because we're blowing the budget. I was going to say, how much do we pay that bloke for 10 words? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, what a joke. Okay, left field question time. I'll ask you my left field question yep. right here, right now. Should the AFL scrap the China experiment at Jingwang Stadium? Yes, they should. It didn't work. Melbourne had a, a sponsorship deal with China and was starting to rev that up um, several years ago. Didn't have an imprint on the market and I just think it's a waste of time for them. The stadium is only conditioned for 11,000. It's a 25,000-seat stadium. A lot of people don't get this. They see a lot of vacant seats. Oh, that's empty. There was, what, 9,500 at this game. It only seats 11,000 for an AFL game. That's all it's equipped yeah. to host. Yeah. It wasn't the smallest crowd on the weekend. That was GWS and Gold Coast. That was terrible. Yeah, well, well, see, that's my point. So if we can get... Yeah, but you're spending a lot of money. No, but they're getting a lot of money. That's why they're selling their games. Well, that's why they sell their games. That's why St Kilda Kilda sell their game. So is it purely for money or are we trying to sell AFL footy into China? Because if we're trying to sell AFL footy into China, it's a waste of time. Both. Because they're not going to play AFL footy over there. If it was basketball, then yeah. That's what you do because they play basketball and they've got one of the big names of basketball of all time. But AFL footy, I think if, if you're making millions of dollars out of China just purely by playing the one game, then okay, fair enough, I can see the point. But if you're trying to sell the game and have football games over in China and create a league over there, waste of time. St Kilda had uh, dodgy sweet and sour. Yeah. Coach got crook. A couple mm. of players got crook and their captain broke his leg. And I they lost by 70 points. keen to go back. No, tell you what. <laughs> no they, they just said they left their passports at the airport. Said, yeah, <laughs> we won't be using those again to come back here. <laughs> All right, left field question for me. So this left field question for yeah, those listening. You haven't heard. You, I haven't given you time to plan it. Literally, Ready. you are hearing it right now. Bring it on, Donkey Okay. Con. This could take a while, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so uh, Fremantle are on the mid-season break at the moment. They get a uh, couple of days off to relax. They can go away four days, five days maybe. They'll get a bit of a break. Where would Ross Lyon go on a holiday? (laughs) Ross Lyon. Yeah, where would he go on a holiday for four days to freshen up for the second half of the season? Ross Lyon would be... Buy a camper van. No, he would. Right? Yeah. He'd buy a camper van. Mm. And he would go to two places in the four-day break. Mm. He would go at the front of Jesse Hogan's house. (laughs) And then he'd go over to Harley Bennell's house. And what would he do? Keep an eye on those boys because you know what? (laughs) They just need... No, no, I'm not saying they get in trouble, but... He's worked hard to get them back to where they need to be. Jesse was good on the weekend. Better. Mm, better. Not yeah. great. Not great. Yeah, not awesome. So I just think when players let their guard down after the intensity of getting back up and around and Harley, as we've already spoken about, and Hogan's coming from a long way back through injury form and other little issues, let me tell you, Ross Lyon in his best interest 
don't go too far away from the boys. So you are saying he wouldn't actually take a break? No. No, no he wouldn't take a break. I actually agree with you. Okay. Now, we've started something new here. It's follow Swamp. Follow the Swamp. Yeah. Now, Sir Swamp Thing on Twitter. For those who don't know, follow him. Sir Swamp Thing, all one word. He's the stats guru, and we love him. And he's one of the best stats men. He always has bizarre stats. So I've laid down the challenge to you, and you've laid it down to me. Yep. Pick the best Sir Swamp Thing stat on Twitter in the last seven days. What do you got? Oh, I got uh, Jake Waterman. Three goals yesterday. It was just, I was commentating the game, and it became humorous. Uh, three goals in, well, I said three goals in four minutes. It actually, Tim, courtesy of Sir Swamp Thing, he kicked three goals in 217 seconds. 217 seconds. Is that the fastest three-goal effort? No. Who was the that? The fastest, courtesy of Sir Swamp Thing, 138 seconds, Brad Miller back in 2004, round 17, oh. playing for the D's against the Tigers. Brad Miller was married to Pia, wasn't yes. he? The girl that does the TV show, whatever she's on. Home and away. Yeah, is she still on it? Anyway, and, Brad, no. and Alan Didak for the Pies, apparently 161 seconds, and that includes the ball taken to bounce and everything. So it's, yeah. not, it's not stoppages, it's the whole running of the, the clock. Should get rid of that, though. 217 seconds, Jake Waterman, 161, Alan Didak and 138, Brad Miller. Mine is Ross Lyons. Thank you, Sir Swamp Thing, you're a legend. Ross Lyons' last four wins wins at the MCG and the final goal kicker of the match. So his last four wins as a coach at the MCG. 2015 against Richmond, they won by four points. Who kicked the last goal of the game? David Mundy. Mm -hmm. In 2017, they beat Melbourne by two points. Who kicked the goal? The last goal of the game? Cam McCarthy. In 2017, they beat Richmond by two points. David Mundy, famous. And, of course, on the weekend, the last goal of the game, Michael Walters, they beat Collingwood by four points. Ross Lyon's last four wins at the MCG and the last goal kicker have been Monday, four points, McCarthy, two points, Monday, two points, and Walters, four points. Thank you, Sir Swamp Thing. Read the play, Lockie, and Gostrid Armis. We're about to wrap things up, and then we've got our votes for Banquest. Do I start? Read the play. All right, so read the play is all about what I think is going to happen at some stage during the year or the season. Tim, I'm going to reveal it now. Carlton are looking for a new coach. <laughs> yeah, that would be a bit easy to uh, read the play. We are going to have our first ever derby final. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Get out of here. All right, this is how it's going to unfold. Explain to the listener. So Fremantle right now, well, we know West Coast is going to make yeah. the top eight. They're going to play finals yeah. footy. Fremantle yeah. are also going to make the eight. They're going to slide in with 12 wins. Last year, 13 wins got you in to the finals. I think it was the Hawks who got the last spot on the ladder. So I think 12 is going to be enough this year. And they're going to win six games. They'll beat Port, Melbourne, Carlton, Sydney, Saints and Essendon. A lot of those are home games, but Melbourne and the Saints are away games. They've got a derby in there that they might struggle, give or take. So I think around 12 wins, they'll be very happy to get through. That'll mean they'll finish in eighth position. All right? Do you know how it all unfolds? I think West Coast might actually finish fourth this year. Okay, just a small thing yeah. as you're going. This is good, Yeah. but the podcast doesn't go for an hour. No, no, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting. I'm setting the scene. All right, so West Coast are going to finish in fourth position only because of percentage. They've got a pretty ordinary percentage at the moment. So Geelong will play West Coast in the first week of the finals, first versus fourth. Geelong will win because West Coast haven't won at Cadenia Park in their last six visits, which means... Five plays eight, Fremantle are going to win that game. They are going to beat the Tigers at the MCG because they've done it two of the last three times, which means, Tim, 
that they will play a semi-final here in Perth between the West Coast Eagles and the Fremantle Dockers. Wow, read mm. the play. Very precise. And for those who would like to have a picture of this, this is intense writing yeah. too. A lot of effort's gone into that. Second week of the finals, mark my words, semi-final, West Coast, Fremantle. No time for Gostradamus, but Justin Longmuir will be the next West Australia coach and AFL team. Keep it short and sweet. Wish you'd done the same. <laughs> All righty. Votes for Bankwest, $10,000 to the charity of the club of choice. And let's go to the Fremantle game first up. Brad Hill, awesome again. Five superb and Walters kicked the winner. He gets the one. 3-2-1 Hill, five Walters thanks to Bank West. Darling the three for his six goals. Gaff brilliant too and Shuey again was a machine. Gets the one. If we're looking at the Bank West leaderboard and it is all about Nat Five. He leads Shuey not too far away. Hearn and Mundy also bearing down and Brad Hill making his move but Nat Five leads for the Bank West $10,000 Player of the Year. That has been the Western Front Podcast. Lockie Reed, nice work by you. Thank you Tim. Tim Gossage, nice work by you. Thanks Goss. We'll be back <laughs> Next week, we think, fingers crossed, this has been The Western Front, Episode 4, Series 1. Thanks for listening. The Professor and the Hack. Accessible politics with just a touch of depth. I'm Hugh Rimminton. And I'm Peter Van Onselen. You can find us, The Professor and the Hack, wherever you find quality podcasts.